Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. Praise you, Paul. We're going to praise the Lord. Last week, and I'm not sure I spelled the name correctly, but Aaron Neely accepted Jesus as her Savior last week. Amen? Amen. Aaron was raised in the Mormon church, and which amazes me. This is like the third Mormon in the past year and a half that's been saved. I didn't know there was that many around here. It's like, that's awesome. But you know, Aaron came up, and we had to say to her last week, and she goes, I don't really know anything about this. But what you're talking about with that court stuff, because all I know is I need to be saved. She came into church that morning to be saved, right, Frida? <laughs> it was like, that's awesome. Man, God, that's how God reels you in. You know, it's, it's fishing for men. It's like when you, you ever locked into a big bass? You don't just horse them in, you break your line. You reel them in, and then they take the drag, and then they reel them in, and they drag back out until they get tired, and next thing you know, you get them in the boat. That's how the Lord is a fisher for men. She comes, she hears, God reels her in, reels her in, and before you know it, She's in the fellowship. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. So amen. Give it up for Aaron Neely. And one other praise. This comes from a man named Jim up in Lafayette who's been watching our services recently online. And I just put an excerpt up here, but I'm going to like to read what he wrote to me because it might be, might be where you're at in life. He said, I've been watching past sermons online. And it really clarified what our relationship is with God. I was raised in the blank church and have studied the Bible my entire life, adult life. I have always believed that we are saved by faith, but in almost every sermon or Bible study, it seems to allude to, if it doesn't just flat out say, that when we sin, we are separated from God and that we have to do something to make it right. Knowing how much I have a tendency to sin can make me feel like I'm getting further from God with every breath. This series of sermons lets me know that there are two ways to God, by faith or by works, and we can never make it by works. So we have, so we have to have faith in Jesus, which I do. The way you're try, tying this together throughout the Bible is letting me see that the Bible is all one story describing these two ways. Isn't that an awesome testimony from someone hours away? And that is not a testimony to my messages. It's a testimony to God's Word. Amen? It's a testimony to God's Word. And God's Word will set you free. And so when I saw that, I and this is a gentleman who's in his 60s who had a heart attack a year ago, just about a year ago. His heart stopped for 45 minutes other than CPR compressions for 45 minutes. They finally were able to shock him back. And they said he would have, without oxygen going to the brain, he would have brain issues. He would have other um, ambulatory issues. I'm not sure what the word would be, you know, moving your hands stuff. And he says there's nothing, nothing. And how God delivered him miraculously from that heart attack when his doctor's son happened to be visiting, just happened to be visiting the very moment he had the heart attack. 
It's always good to have a doctor in the family. Amen? So, anyway, so I saw that to, to say that even having gone through that, to just now having the light come on and see that it's all through the faith in what Jesus has done for us. And so we praise Lord with Jim. Now, Josh is going to come, but I think Corey has a video bump for him. So remember, next week, Easter Sunday, be sure to bring your friends out. Amen? Uh, don't spill that. My wife will be upset. I'm not. I'm a pro. You're a pro egg dyer? Oh, yeah. You know there's more to Easter than just the eggs, right? Yeah. Chocolate bunnies, marshmallow chicks, and um, jelly beans. Hey, why don't you go to church with me this Easter? Can he come? Sure. But you know, Easter's not about the bunny, right? My wife's gonna hate this. Good morning, guys. Um, my, um, I have not been here for a couple, couple weeks. My, some people have noticed my hair is growing a little bit longer. Um, it's good. Maybe covering up a bald spot. No, I don't have any. But no, I, um, I've been uh, traveling all over, um, really the, the U.S. Um, probably week after week, uh, we've been going to places like Phoenix and Houston, and uh, we've been San Antonio. And we'll be down in Florida in uh, two weeks and uh, kind of going a little bit everywhere, Ohio. And the list goes on just forever and ever. But um, what we've been doing is um, we, had, we had an opportunity this last year to um, travel with a nationwide youth conference, um, which has really always um, um, been something that I thought would be fun to do. And it really is. Um, you get to go in and, and speak to hundreds of kids every weekend and share the gospel. And uh, it's really a, 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 uh, an incredible opportunity for a guy from Bean Blossom, Indiana. I always tell him I'm from a, a little town that you hardly find on a map, but yet God called my name to be able to speak in front of hundreds of kids every weekend and share the gospel and see God and his spirit come alive in these young people. Um, we have opportunity to speak into pastors' lives and and uh, really get to see the kingdom of God advanced in, in children's lives, um, usually junior high and high school, um, some college-age youth. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, we see about 50 kids um, on average um, give their lives to Jesus every weekend. And so that's that's um, just an added bonus, um, just all the things that we get to see. And it's really something that I look at and say, God, wow, this is just such a cool opportunity to be able to share with these kids. Um, and we have opportunity to present to them um, really um, living a life of mission and taking that around the world. And, and students are joining us, and we have opportunity to take kids um, over all over the place. Um, 
This summer, we also are going to uh, um, Denver. We get to team up with um, different ministries, like um, uh, we'll be speaking at Karis Bible, which is uh, Andrew Womack's um, church, and um, um, Todd White will be there and some other other well-known speakers um, in certain circles where we're able to, um, where there'll be, I mean, thousands of kids um, involved in, in these youth conferences and, and that theme park, um, there's like Christian days will be there during the summer. So some interesting doors that have never really um, opened or presented themselves, but it's a lot of fun. It's really cool to see God's presence show up in these cities. And um, we were in a, um, a um, in Ohio a few weeks ago, I think three or so, and we were there and one one of the pastors that um, was so compelled after the message that I shared, um, he had come from a church that never believed that the gifts are for today, and they th- he said that they, he was always told that there um, that when the when the Bible was completed that it there was no um, the gifts were gone, and he said, but when you shared your story, I was just so compelled that God, I want that, I want what he's talking about. It's like I knew when you're sharing, it wasn't just you um, making these things up, but I was just compelled. And he said, could you pray for me? And then and a couple of weeks ago, he called me, said, I want to take my students on a mission trip with you and, um, and be able to experience what you're talking about. And I was praying for this pastor and seeing the Holy Spirit come alive, just speaking right into his life, speaking over his destiny, his call, speaking things that only God would know. I had one girl, I'm in Kansas, as I was praying for her, she said, "Can you're scaring me, dude. Like, you, it's like you know more than my mom knows about me. And I'm like, why are you saying this? And I, I've never, like, gone places to proclaim that I'm, like, this prophet or prophetic. I just am a guy that loves Jesus, and out of that overflow, a lot of the spiritual gifts want to flow out of all of us, common, ordinary people that would spend time with Jesus. That's really our call is to spend time with Jesus and let what he does in our secret place to overflow in everyday life. It's never been about a stage for me. As a matter of fact, when I started traveling in a Ford Tempo 92, I loved that year of Ford Tempos. They're classic. And, uh, um, mine, mine was like anointed. It would never die. I remember even like, um, one, one point thinking it was like worth, worth less than the gas that it would take me to drive it back home. I was like, um, and if someone had given us a vehicle, I'm like, how can I kill this thing so I don't have to pay for the gas to get home? And it still wouldn't die. So we, t- we I remember doing storm chasing in Oklahoma, chasing down um, um, tornadoes and different things. Tangent, but I remember um, when I when I um, when I started traveling. Really, the, my 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 journey was just to spend a year hearing the voice of God. It's just to spend a year taking time just to hear what God would speak and just simply giving Him a year to respond to what He's saying. Because I think that that's, that's something at the end of the day, it's what we, we can treasure as believers, it's to know the voice of God. It's to know His heart, to know His leading, to know that His Spirit can wake us up in the middle of the night, to know that Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us into all truth, that we can know God's voice. God desires for us, and He paid the ultimate price, right, through Jesus, like to lay his life down on the cross so that we can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. I mean, that's so cool because there's been days I haven't been so confident in myself. 
not my works that I can boast. And I think Jesus, all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New, you can look at guys. He's like, get in. You have way too many men. Let's, let's dwindle that down to where you're outnumbered 400 to 1 and go into this battle because I don't want you to boast in your own strength. Joshua, march around the wall seven times because I want people to know that you heard my voice and that my glory would be revealed by you just being obedient to my voice. I mean, it's so cool. Looking through the Old Testament and new, you see common, ordinary people. You know, Peter was walking down the street, and a shadow would heal people. Was it falling? I'm like, this is amazing. People that would just spend time with him. People that would be in love with him. And that's us. That's the Holy Spirit inside of us. Overflowing for the world to know that Jesus is alive in you and I. I mean, he's, in, he's alive in us. And so we get to go into these places. And I remember speaking with this girl. She's not even a Christian. She's in this Christian youth conference. She, um, they had an initiative in Kansas to, um, to clear out all the foster care in, um, in, in their area. And so and, um, several churches came together. And they literally went from 90% full to like just less than 10%. I mean, they, like every, I mean, half these kids that I'm talking to in this youth conference are in, uh, were in foster care and now are getting adopted and had all sorts of different things going on in life. But this girl wasn't even a Christian and yet God spoke to my heart, took me into a little town called Bird City, which no one's heard of. It's a tiny sound. There's not even that many birds. I mean, there's no nobody there. You're driving into this town, and the school, the public school, is open um, to do this youth conference. And so we're speaking at these students, but there's this girl, and I just started speaking to her live. And as I laid hands on her, she she pulled away, like she um she was like you could tell she had been abused by her probably her family, her parents. And um, as soon as I she said, don't 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 touch me. She kind of stuttered a little bit and said, please don't touch me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have. I usually always ask, but I laid my hands on her shoulder and she like jerked. And, um, and God began to speak to me about her destiny. And about since she was a young girl, how all these things had been against her and the enemy had tried to still kill and destroy her life. But God has brought her to this moment. Began to speak over her destiny, who she really was. Not all the things that she was going on, all the war, not all the accusations that were coming against her about who she really was. And this girl, I thought, was, as she was like, she said, at one point, I thought she said, please stop, you're scaring me. But she was, I was like, you want me to stop? She's like, no, no, I don't. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just started speaking into her, into her life. I was going to speak a message in a small group setting. And then all of a sudden the Lord said, no, just speak my heart. See, when I read in, in, um, first John, God says, when you speak, speak as if you're speaking the very words of God. God, take that real, real, like I, the responsibility that I have to stand before you today and not just share a, a nice message or to share a polished, refined speech. I can do that. But when I come and I'm pulling in the parking lot and I'm in tears, because Holy Spirit is speaking to me. He said, just speak whatever I share to you. Speak the very words of God. Speak my words, Josh. I take that, res- I take that responsibility very, it's like, it's sobering, right? Because we're here in a moment that for someone here today, like this is life. For someone in here today, like this is the moment where it's like, oh, I can remember that, that time. 
where God began to transfer. And I think everywhere we go, there was moments in history that we get to have opportunity to overflow Jesus. I pray that um, last two Sundays, I had a lot of opportunities to preach. I was in Oklahoma last week. But I prayed them last week, Lord, give me a God dream. God, just one that would be from me that I know it's from you. And it was a cool dream. I mean, it was amazing. It was like in, my, in the dream, God gave me this. I was like expecting something deeply spiritual, right? And it's like in this dream, I was preaching in this church, and someone led me by the hand and took me out of the church and said, I'm here, and I want to give you this truck. I was like, sweet. And it's like, it was like, and I remember it was like 19,000 something, something. There was, um, there was a price tag on it. And I was like, this is really cool. I mean, God, you're going to give me a truck. And so I woke up and it's like the only dream I remember. I was like, is this the God dream? Is this it? And, um, I'm, I'm sitting down with the pastor. Just, um, um, and you're like, his, did he get a truck? Is he gonna, is he gonna tell the story? <laughs> and I'm listening and the pastor's like, you'll never believe what happened to me. Um, last week I was sitting in my church and um, doing some work and a guy um, from a dealership rolls up and he, and he, and he pulls in this truck and he said it's, um, this truck is like, um, um, is, is like from the dealership. He said, I, don't ask any questions. I was told to give this to you. Um, and so the, someone had purchased it, gave it and they, they didn't want their name to be um, known. And I'm listening to the pastor and he's like, he's like, it was crazy because it's like a nice truck. And I was like, wow, that's cool. It looks like a real nice truck. And he said that, um, that yeah, we looked up on, on the, um, on the, the Kelly Blue Book is worth like 19,000 stuff. It was like the exact, the exact thing I got. It's like, did you get my truck? <laughs> I wondered, did I intercept, did I intercept like your gift? And I was like, man, God, it was just interesting because I'm learning to hear the voice of God in different ways for, for people. Like God, this, this desire. Like not just to grow in just some, just when I was a child or when I was wild in my twenties going, sleeping in my car on the streets, just, just wanting to hear God's voice. But in my thirties and forties and, and as I, I'm not in my forties yet, but they're coming <laughs> and, um, and I don't care. I just believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or imagine. And so I had a dream last night, and I'm like, God, well, I said the, said the same thing, God, I, I didn't get my truck last week, but that's okay, maybe it's on, on the way. And uh, maybe it was just intercepting that guy's, um, that guy's um, miracle, and either way, I'm cool with it. But I had a dream, and it's like, I only remember one dream last night, and I was walking into the gas station here at the Speedway, and I was there, and there was these people, they were traveling through. People, they look like hippies. They look like some wild people. They let, um, they look like they were just traveling and just kind of really enjoying life. Didn't have a lot of money. They were filling up the gas tank. And as I was walking in, they were like, hey, buddy. And I'm like, I wanted, I knew what they were going to ask me. They were like, I need some money because I don't have enough money to pay for the gas that I'm just about ready to buy. And I'm walking in, and instead of saying anything, I just walk right in and pretend like I didn't know what they were even saying. And um, and then I, I went and got a bunch of beef jerky or something like that. That was like, way, I mean, uh, um, it, the price of it was just like uh, way outrageous. But I, I remember just ignoring the request of the people that I was passing by. And the Lord was stirring my heart this morning is that we should be hearers and hearers of the word of God, but not only hearers, but responders of his voice. 
I was, I was praying, um, um, three, three weeks ago. I, I think I was in Kansas and the Lord gave me this, um, this passage for today for the church. And usually it's unusual, very unusual that I don't get the message that morning of that I'm ready to preach. I'm like, Lord, I don't care. Lord, you can give it to me. Um, well, I mean, after, after I preach, I give you the message, but Lord, I'd rather have it before. <laughs> and, uh, he gave me a message, um, for the church out of Luke chapter 22 and so i'll give you a second to turn there luke chapter 22 verse 47 and it was profound it was profound enough for me that i felt like i needed to um to take notice and so i've just been reading over it the last few weeks but i really felt like god was speaking to me um in this passage and so i just want to take a moment to pray and I imagine he'll speak to me even more in clarity on what I'm supposed to share. And so, Holy Spirit, your word says that you'll lead us into all truth. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide us this morning. Now I pray, Prince of Peace, rest here. Holy Spirit, come and do only what you can do. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would silence the voice of the accuser that our ears would be open to hear your voice. Lord, for some, Lord, I felt as I was driving in, Lord, it's been, a, it's been some time since we've heard the voice of God. Lord, I could feel it. God, I could feel that this, this, almost this anguish, God, feeling like, God, I just don't know. I just don't have that sensitivity that I once had. And so, Lord, I pray, open those ears. Today, those who used to walk in great, um, Lord, even prophetic strength, God, I pray that, God, that you would unlock that again and again. God, those who used to walk in great confidence in their relationship with you, God, unlock that. God, confidence to know your voice. Confidence to respond as you would call us to respond. Lord, some of us have seen marvelous things throughout our life, and Lord, we're continuing to see them, but there's been a voice of accuser that just continues to accuse us day and night. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, silence that voice. Silence it. The voice of the accuser. My Bible reads out of Revelation that he was thrown down. And so, Jesus, we thank you. That our victory was paid for through your blood, our victory, our able to, our ability to um, boldly approach your throne, God was paid for through your blood. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for wisdom and revelation to know you better. God, I thank you. God, that your sheep know your voice. I thank you for your heart that's inside of all of us, God, that you take this heart of stone and made it a heart of flesh. God, soften us today. Mold us today into whatever you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this is a, a story that's immediately following the time where Jesus was praying um, um, droplets of blood. It's, it's Luke chapter 22, verse 47. But it was um, this, he's, get, he's about to get arrested. And there was droplets of blood that were, were literally forming and falling from his brow as he was praying. This was a, a time of distress, great, great stress. Not, not, I think um, um, because of the, of the weight 
of the weight that he was to carry and the weight that, um, that, way that he was, um, he's literally going to, to, um, lay his life down for the world so that we could be saved. This was something that he said that he was in, in deep anguish and, um, and, um, it was a challenging time. It's a challenging time because, and I don't think it was not only for him, but even like the people around him. Like Jesus was, um, he could see, um, and foresee some of the struggles that even his disciples would face because in our mind, we always have an idea of what things should be like. And so they were ready to go to battle. They were ready to set up a kingdom here on earth. They were ready to follow their king. And yet Jesus' kingdom, and there were things that he would speak that sometimes in parable, that I, he often spoke in parable because he wanted people to search deeper. He wanted people to get a personal revelation of who he is. He's always been one that would lead us to truth. And I found this in ministry as I've been traveling around the world is I could tell people the answer and they still don't get it. But if they can find it themselves, it's like a light bulb that turns on. And so Holy Spirit has to navigate us how to lead people to truth so they really develop a hunger for God. Like we could tell people that Jesus died on the cross for them, but if they don't get it, they need to discover, well, what, what does that mean? Because there's a generation of people that didn't grow up in church. There's a generation that before them that have been burnt out by church. There's been, there's been, there's more kids and more young people leaving, leaving the church than ever before. And there has to be an encounter. There has to be the power of the Holy Spirit inside of our lives where kids and, and, and adults as well are encountering His presence that God would lead us to truth. And it says in verse 47, while, while He was speaking, now, um, they, they were just leaving out of the garden, or they were in the garden of Gethsemane, and they were, he was speaking, a crowd came up. And a man who was, who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them, was leading a, a, um, a, um, a army, leading a soldiers. Um, and as they approached Jesus, he kissed him. And Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? And Jesus' followers um, saw what was going, going to happen. And they said, Lord, should we strike um, strike with our swords? And one of the one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Jesus answered, "No." <laughs> uh, he was a little late, right? I mean, it's like Jesus. Should we do it? Never mind. I'm just going to respond <laughs> because I know I know what we should do. We should protect you at all costs. We should defend. Um, we should defend the king of the king of glory. And oftentimes it's, it's really, it's easy to ask Jesus, um, um, a question or begin to pray and seek his advice and to seek his will. And instead of listening for the answers, like, I already know what I'm going to do anyways. So, take that. And so he, he knocks the guy's ear off. I mean, I don't know if he was aiming for his head, but he was like, he was, he was ready to take this guy out. Jesus says, no, no more of this. And then he touched the man's ear. And heal him. Now, this is the last miracle that you would see that Jesus would perform. Of course, he, he, he died and rose again. He walked through walls. He did lots of things, but like a miracle that he would literally perform before he would leave the earth. All throughout scripture, 
You hear this phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear. Throughout Revelation, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is a common thread throughout the gospel. Even in the Old Testament, if you have an ear, let him hear. God desires for us to be a hearing church, to be able to hear. Significant in the miracle because this guy's ears got cut off and the guy that, um, that was going to arrest him, that was close enough to ready to seize him and to take him away to be crucified, to be beaten, flogged, to be marred beyond recognition, that guy. Now he's got his ears cut off. Instead of Jesus saying, well, he got what has come from. Guys, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> But uh, so be it. <laughs> but he, he decides to take the guy's ear. And, man, and and he begins and he just puts it right back on. And I'm thinking if I was those guys that were arresting Jesus, I'd be like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, we, my bad. <laughs> I mean, I may, we may, we, you may be um, who we, who we think you are, but religion, man, it blinds you. Religion, it blinds you to see and to be able to really hear. Religion blinds you to be able to really, to really know and, and be, and can um, often deafen your ear. I know because I've had debates with religious scholars, with religious scholars and they're just like, they're just giving me all these things and all these, all these things why Holy Spirit doesn't move today. And I'm like, well, I don't know. All I know. And I saw a deaf guy in Africa, I prayed for him. All I said is Jesus and he was able to hear for the first time. All I know. All I know is I saw someone's hand that was deformed like this straighten up before my eyes. All I know is I was in Baltimore and a lady was sitting in a wheelchair and she came out in the middle of a mall and she, they began to dance and praise God. She was there for seven years. All I know. All I know is I've, I've seen God take guys that were in comas and, and face down in a swamp for, for a, a, over an hour. And they said he would surely be brain dead. Now do ministering on, on Facebook and praying over people because he believes in the power of healing. And he was in a coma for months, not expected to live. And surely never his brain to function again. And all I know is that in a moment I've seen God do miracles. And so I don't know. I don't know about all, all your religious debate, but I know one thing. is Holy Spirit's moving, man. All I know is last week I was praying for a girl that hobbled up um, to me, and she was a youth pastor, and she said, I, my, I, my foot's been aching me for, for years. And it's like it's, it's so painful to walk. And as I prayed, Jesus, all I prayed is Jesus, heal her foot. We thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for healing right now. And this woman like said, I, I think you have a gift. Like I could feel this heat and this healing. Just like, just, I mean, I just like, the, the pain's gone. She's dancing. And she just begins to share about her, one of the kids in the youth group that I prayed for. And I had a word for her. And she just began to speak like he was, he's been so hard. And began to share a little bit of a story. And like this guy has, has no emotion. And when you're praying for him, he's crying. Like that's not him. He, he was, came to me as a depressed. He's like, man, I deal with such bad depression. You know, every youth conference I go to, I pray for three, four, five kids that battle with depression, cutting themselves so, so broken. Needing an encounter with God. And if we're not careful, we'll just pass them right by. And they're like, man, I just need a little help. I need a little gas in my tank. I need a little something to get me through. Man, I'm busy. I'm real busy. 
I'm a busy man. You don't know how important <laughs> my, my time is and what guys, we got to slow down. We can miss it. We can miss the very words of God speaking to us. And so, so Peter is there and he's like, he's defending him. He's ready to defend Jesus at all costs. And he says, should we? <laughs> like, tell me, Jesus, tell me, is this the moment that I'm just like, like, we're going to, we're, this is this battle and it's not against flesh and blood. And all of a sudden he takes his sword and he whacks off the guy's ear. I mean, I'm looking at it and it's like, and then no. <laughs> I can see the series of events that come. But a lot of times there's things that I presume is the will of God. I presume the thoughts of God. I presume like where he's leading me. But before in the, in the, in the verses that were before this, it talked about these guys that were failing in their devotion towards the Lord Jesus. Like, could you just please pray with me for just an hour? These are the same guys that walked on water. These are the same guys that saw Lazarus that was dead, which, by the way, he was dead for days, all dead, coming out of a grave with grave clothes. I mean, we were like Lazarus. You know that, right? We once were dead men, laying in a grave. I mean, laying all dead. I mean, gone. No hope for us. And Jesus said, come. Lazarus, come out. We all have excuses why God can't use us because of the situation or the setting that happened just yesterday. But if Lazarus being dead for four days could respond to the voice of God, what's our excuse? I mean, he was pretty dead. I'm too old. Lazarus was probably old enough to say, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but he was old enough to be dead. And Jesus calls him out. We have plenty of excuses of why God can't use us. We have plenty of excuses of all the things that are against us. The accuser is he's crafty. He points out all of our insecurities. All the reasons why we shouldn't be used by God. All the reasons what would limit us and hinder us from being empowered by God. But yet, he uses common, ordinary God. Even Saul... It's interesting in this chapter, um, um, before, um, you, you look in, or, or we're looking at, um, um, in different texts in the John. It says, um, who is Jesus of Nazareth in the same, in the same story? He says, who is Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus says, I am. And the scripture says, I am he. But it says when he said that, it said everybody took a step back and they fell face down to the ground. What authority. If you read it, I love that part in the, in the, and that I was reading because I was just reading through all the gospels because God gave it to me. And I'm, I'm reading this out of John. Um, give me a second. Um, I believe God is leading me, um, just to share this. And so I'll, I'll respond to that. You guys tracking with me? That's what I asked you. Are you hanging with me? Am I just all over the place? You're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I didn't hear any yeses, but that's fine. I'm no one's kidding. Say, I don't get out. I have the right to remain silent, right? Um, anyways, um, and uh, Luke, um, or John chapter 18. I love this. Verse 4, Jesus knowing what was going on 
or going to happen to him, he went and asked them, who is it that you want? And they said, so this is John chapter 18, verse 4. Who is it that you want? Verse 5, Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. And he said, I am. I am he. And Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there um, with him. And when Jesus said, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. There's never been anyone like Jesus. The very ones that were coming to arrest him, the king of glory. When he would speak, there was such authority. The Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. There's authority that he wants us to walk in, to know him and discover and to, to walk in devotion. There's devotion that was in the garden of Gethsemane that he said, if you would have, if you would have just prayed with me one hour, could you not pray with me one hour? And what did he say after that? Lest you fall into temptation. Temptation to what? I think temptation to respond in our own flesh. Temptation to respond just what we know best to do, what we've always done. Just temptation to respond. Just respond to what oh, this makes sense to me. But I believe it's so important in this generation that we live in. Kids aren't, aren't looking for people just to respond just in their own natural wisdom. Man, we're called to walk in the wisdom of God and the righteousness of God and the power of God. And so we can show up in places where the enemy looks like he's, he's showing up and he's going to destroy all that we hope for. And here he goes, and now, now um, Peter comes, and he just whacks the guy's ear off, and Jesus takes time to place that back on. Why? Because if we're not careful, sometimes our response, sometimes what we do, sometimes what, how we respond will literally, um, will really cut off the ear of the hearer. I used to do this all the time when I would speak um, um, on the streets. All I knew how to do is like, hey, um, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And I would lead them down um, kind of a, a road showing them how pitiful their life was. Yeah, man, you're really messed up. And you're. I just want to let you know that you're going to hell. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I love you, but you're going to hell. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, I think I'm good. No, let me tell you all why you're not good. And and it was all it was what I what it's what I know. It's what I was taught. It was what, what I, what I, what I experienced. Like, well, this guy, if he doesn't have Jesus, and there's truth to that. Apart from Jesus, and we're all destined to destruction, but with Jesus, with Jesus, we can be victorious warriors. We can overcome the, what the enemy tried to destroy our lives with. He can redeem that and use it for a voice of testimony. Like if your life was trying to be destroyed by drugs and then all of a sudden you've overcome it, now you have victory to begin to declare over the enemy, yeah, this death has lost a sting. It has no hold on me. It has no power. Or if you were de dealing with depression and now there's joy that's unspeakable in your life, yeah, man, I used to be really, I was, my mind was all over the place, so discouraged. And joy came to me in the middle of the night. And it becomes a testimony, literally, that you're drawing people out of the very thing that was trying to kill you. You're drawing them out of the very thing that was trying to destroy you. And Jesus takes a moment and he, he puts his ear on because I believe 
not only did he want the disciples to get it, but he wanted even his accusers, the voice of the enemy, the ones that were trying to kill him, he wanted to take a moment so they could hear who he really was. Like they could hear. Jesus cared enough about that guy. He cares enough about the Muslim. I remember walking into a school in, 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 in an African village, speaking in front of a Muslim school, and knowing that God's love for them was just as great as his love for the Christian school that I was just at, just, um, just hours earlier. And as I'm done speaking, the principal comes up and says, you've been talking about this Prince of Peace. Our kids are being tormented in dreams. Could you pray over them that peace would come? I said, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a no-brainer for me. And so now I'm laying hands and commanding peace because God's love is great. And he's great for the accuser that, that is coming to try to, to, to come after them his very life. And he begins to, he begins to take that because I believe that he's wanted to open our ears to hear what his voice would say to the church, that he would open our ears because he wants to speak to us clearer than he ever has. But when we fail in devotion, when we fail in a place, we can beat ourselves up and say, man, I wish I could read more, pray more, do all these things. And it could still be by works. But there has to become a time in our life where we just can't get enough of spending time with God. And it's not about works. It's not about if I read three or four chapters a night. It's, man, did I fall asleep drawing near to him? I used to beat myself up when I wouldn't read five chapters because it was my goal to read five chapters a day, be real spiritual. I mean, so I knew I was real spiritual because I saw another guy do it. He was my mentor, and I was like, he read five chapters, he looked real spiritual, and so if I do that, I'll be spiritual. <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I thought. And so when I'd fall asleep in the first chapter, I'd beat myself up. I'd wake up slobbering on my, my Bible and wondering, God, why do I feel so far from you? <laughs> it's so silly, right? The voice of the accuser said, like, shame on you for only reading a chapter. Or half a chapter. And I got this revelation one day. Like, how cool is it to fall asleep reading the Word of God? I mean, how cool is it to fall asleep? The last thing I thought about was like, I mean, and you're drooling on the page when you wake up. I think it's cool. I think that's what I mean. And so I had to begin to silence it because it's all about perspective. It's about understanding that this life that Jesus was living wasn't just about this moment that he was in. It was about saving man, uh, mankind for eternity's sake. And that it was more important for him to take time and to heal this guy's ear than to rush off and just to, and just to, just pretend like that never happened. It was more important because they knew who he was. They knew who he was. And Peter, I feel like sometimes I can be like a Peter. God, I need to know, Lord, what direction? God, where to go? I have five different places. God, speak to me. And I already know in my mind where I'm going. I want God to speak to me, but I don't take a moment just to rest in the secret place. And I tend to rush what I believe I think he's speaking, and I can miss the very voice of God. 
It's not a, this is not a, um, a, um, a chastising. It's saying, I want to encourage because I believe that's what God is, is stirring in my heart to do. Is guys, there are some things that God wants us to catch in devotion in this season. In this season, like tonight and tomorrow and the weeks to come that we can catch in devotion that we will catch in no other way. And if we're not careful, we'll operate what we think we know is best. But what I know is the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. What I know is that he wants to guide us. He wants to open our ears that we could be hearers of his word and responders of his voice. The opportunities that God has before us, there's been times where um, I was, um, we've been traveling to all these youth conferences and my wife, the biggest youth conference was coming up in Minnesota. There was, uh, there was way more kids. It was sold out. It was like literally sold out. Um, not sold out like my ministry name, but sold out. Like all the tickets were sold out for the conference. And uh, my wife calls me the week before said, I would like you to stay home next weekend. Um, and I was like, well, um, <clears throat> but Mary, <laughs> my face is on the poster. <laughs> like my, they use me for my pretty face on these posters, draw kids in or whatever. I was like, my face. <laughs> and then I'm like, and so I'm talking to the guys and I'm like, Hey guys, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, but I, I don't think I, I should go to the next conference. Um, do you think you'll be okay? And it's like, and it's like, and the, the, the leader, the guy that's putting it on. It's like, well, we, um, it is our biggest conference, Josh. And like all, all these, like, all these kids are going to be here. And, um, we do have, we do have adequate amount of speakers. We should be okay. But why? Well, my wife called me and she just wanted me to be home for a weekend and to be home. And I, it's like, I, I, when I was younger, I just, just say, yeah. I just would just say, Mary, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. I love what you're saying, but let me go do it. And then I'll ask for forgiveness later, right? <laughs> like I could hear what she's saying. There's some things going on in, in, the, in the family and even in some things in her family. And there was some stress. And she was like, I just could use you near. She was like, would you just slow down for this weekend? I'm not asking you to quit the whole conference. I'm just like, would you slow down and spend some time with her family? And before, because I was ambitious, ready to go take on the world and save the world for Jesus, I'm going for it, Jesus, and it's all for you. I would have just went, and I would have asked her, oh, Mary, I heard you, but but we'll, we'll make it through. I just immediately responded and said, yeah, I, I need to stay back. And so they, they sent me all these texts like, this is the most amazing conference ever. And like God is doing amazing things. Lots of kids are giving their lives to Jesus. You're seeing the room and it's just like standing room only. I'm like, that looks a lot, like a lot of fun. I wish I could be there. But as I'm praying with my kids and I'm standing with my family, I'm so glad to be there because I know if they're okay, if my kids are loving Jesus, we were sitting down doing communion last night as a family here in Little Hadassah. It's five. I'm just praying to God and thanking him for dying on the cross. Seeing Jeremiah just pouring his heart out, telling him how much he loves him. And can't he says, God, I'm just thank you for setting us free. God, thank you for, for um, cha- I'm changing my heart. And I'm praying over my kids and I'm realizing, like, that's ministry, guys. But if we're not careful, we'll do a lot of things that seem like, well, God, you've opened up this door. It seems so clear that, God, you made this 
the clear, this is the, the, I'm supposed to do these youth conferences and we're seeing 50 kids uh, every weekend do this and then my wife and which is, I think very to me symbolic of the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't say she is the Holy Spirit, but man, she speaks as if the voice of God, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of her. And there's times where it's like, Josh, you need to slow down. Josh, you need to. And I hear it. It usually actually aligns with Holy Spirit's already speaking in my life already. It's important for us to listen. But I know if I, if I would tune my ear to hear what she was saying, that would win. What I want to encourage you, that this weekend, going or, or, or going in tomorrow, tonight, treasure the devotion that we have. Jesus paid his life for it, man, so that we could hear his voice. Treasure the devotion that we can have to hear and be hearers of his word and responders of his voice. Because we know the voice of the accuser comes day and night. There's someone coming to muddy the waters of God's voice on the heels of everything that God has spoken to me. And I mean almost everything. The enemy has come and thrown a seed of doubt. So did God really say that? Are you really supposed to be this? Do you really think that you should do that after what you've done over here? The voice of the accuser says, who do you think that you are? And I have to remind him that, man, I'm a son of God, a co-heir with Christ. Since the foundations of the world, he knew me. He knit me together in my mom's womb. Hey, mom, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And he knew my name. And when the enemy would come in heart, I began to declare the word of God because I know that's the one that's leading us and guiding us. And I want to just challenge you. Allow the awakening and devotion to come in our lives so that when God, and when God is stirring our heart and we're asking God, God, what should we do in this situation that we wouldn't be quick to draw out our sword. See, this, the, the word is sharper than any double-edged sword. And we can use it to bring healing or we can use it to really put somebody in their place and say, and throw the book at them. I've seen it. I've seen people throw it at me and throw this condemnation of all this stuff that I've ever done. Throw condemnation on me. But that's not Jesus. Man. It's not Jesus. People will say all these reasons why I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. That, but you look too much to the right. You should look to the left. You talk a little. You stutter when you talk. You do they, they, all these reasons why um, God shouldn't open up these doors for me. And I just believe that where He goes, I'll respond. But if He asks me, even when I feel like I heard His voice, and He says, "Josh, would you just take a moment and step back and invest in your family?" If we hear those voices. It'll cause us to win in every area of our life. And I believe that there's, there's been, um, and the reason why I'm sharing has been, uh, there's been some in, in, in here that feel like, God, I know your voice, God, but I, I've lost the confidence that I once had with you. And I believe that God wants to awaken that in devotion. So Jesus, we just thank you for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for your voice in our life. God, I, Lord, I know that what you gave me to share, maybe it wasn't eloquent, but God, it came to touch the ear of the hearer. Lord, there was more that was spoken 
Lord, if we hunger and thirst, God, we'll catch things, God, even things that weren't spoken. God, you want us to search for truth. You want us to seek diligently after you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have deposited, you have awakened things in our heart that are unique for our calling and unique for a purpose. And God, I pray for things that look like they were dead. Things, all this is going nowhere. Abandon the ship. God, I pray for those that feel like, God, even for their own life, they feel like the purpose, Lord, um, the, the direction, Lord, just seems to be lost. God, I call forth men and women that would hear God's voice. I call forth intimate devotion. God, I call forth Lazarus that looked like they were dead to spring up and to share worth the world that Jesus is alive. And I pray that, God, that you would help us not to cut off the ear of what seems to be our adversary, but, God, that you would give us ways to be able to bring healing to the ears, healing to the hearers, and, Lord, that we would be responders of your voice. And God, I pray that before we would respond, we would listen. And so I unlock that, God. I pray for, uh, uh, like, almost, uh, Lord, by faith, Lord, we just, we just declare, Lord, that our ears would be open to hear your voice. And when we hear, give us faith to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Lastly, I wanted to share Lazarus when he came out of the grave he was a wrecking ball it's a kingdom of darkness everywhere he went they're like that guy was dead that guy was all dead i know his story i've heard it it's crazy what happened our stories are the same everywhere we go our testimony man we used to be so dead so dead and the voice of god spoke to us If Lazarus can respond to the voice of God, we have no excuse. God is speaking, and he's speaking to every one of us here that would open and say, God, Lord, help me to win in devotion. It's not a performance, right? Because, you know, you could read five chapters and still be disconnected with God. It's about understanding what he says about you. It's true. And if we can believe that, then it could be one word spoken to us this week that could change the course of our life. It could be a dream. I give God permission nightly. God, speak to me in my dreams. Why? Because I want God to speak to me even when I'm resting. I want God to speak to me um, when, I'm, when I'm running into these conferences. I just want God to speak. And I just give him permission to speak all the time. And you know what he does? God, I just want to let you know my ears are open to hear. God, I'm listening. Do that this weekend. Do that this week. God, I'm listening for your voice.